This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Joe Camp of Comstock for our opening market discussion. Joe, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? Quiet overnight, but we could have a more active 8.30 hard open here in a bit. We see some influence likely spilling over from the outside markets. The stocks are sharply lower here. Futures are at least setting up the cash index open here shortly. But you have the dollar index sharply higher. Uh, You've got this response to the latest consumer price index report that was much hotter than anticipated, which is why that's a negative here for financial markets in terms of stocks and the dollar going higher the expectation that uh, the Fed's going to have to stay hawkish. And that's been the leaning as of these latest several weeks that everybody said, oh, let's step back on what we had expected prior in, in, insofar as an interest rate reduction starting in March. At one point in December, uh, futures implied odds had it at over 70% that we would get a rate reduction in March. And now it's just barely double digits, say 10 or 15% that we're going to have a reduction. And this supports the Fed still being cautious about high inflation. And we're going to see if that spills over again into the commodity trade, maybe a bit of a negative anytime you have the dollar up sharply and this risk-off mentality developing potentially in the stocks. So we had the latest WASD report last week. Joe, what are we looking forward to in the way of information or our next big report? Well, no help, of course, from that WASD report last week, the USDA staying stubbornly high, uh, particularly on those Brazilian ex. Uh, estimates. And that's one thing we're going to continue to monitor would be reports from Brazil and crop progress, yield results. The same holds true for Argentina. That got into the mix a bit overnight where we had favorable showers reported across parts of Argentina and that being a weight on the meal market here to start. But report-wise here, we do look ahead towards the end of this week and we'll see some new data from the USDA coming from their Ag Outlook Forum. They hold that annually in Washington, D.C. I believe this is their 100th annual meeting. And so they get together, they have presentations. I've been a couple of times. uh, But the subject for the market uh, would be these trend line estimates, these baseline estimates that they update. Baseline estimates, they've already put out one part of these. They're used for budgetary purposes. But They also give us a preview of what's ahead and give us a big picture look, starting with uh, what the first estimates could be for U.S. corn and soybean acres, and then also what will the trend line yields be. I mean, there's the expectation we're going to have slightly uh, fewer corn acres this year, a bit more soybeans, still overall more corn than soy, uh, but the question about trend line yield and how that could balance uh, out in the WASD reports going forward Uh, It could be that corn yield is estimated over 182 bushels per acre, soybeans 53 or 54. So it'll be some bit of information we'll have uh, here to close out the week. What's the latest on the other side of the ag marketplace in the protein sector? Started off with a mixed trade for cattle here with uh, feeder cattle extending their gains, but live cattle futures selling off a bit on Monday. You know, there's a lot of optimism still about feeder cattle and trying to maybe gain some traction this year on expanding the herd again. Uh, We uh, learned about, you know, how tight we've been on overall numbers, that last cattle inventory report, lowest uh, cattle and calves count since 1951. But one reason for that optimism is going to 
be the market improvement and pasture conditions, particularly across those grazing heavy states in the south, the Texas Panhandle up into Oklahoma and Kansas doing much better on moisture. And you mix that in with higher profitability potential. I mean, the rally we've had here, the big surge in, in cash cattle values here these last couple of weeks, you've got more reason to maybe buy some of those uh, feeder cattle here. And, and that started the week off strong, that feeder cattle market did, the live cattle maybe just leveling off a, a touch here technically after a, a really solid run. We're up some, if you look at nearby live cattle futures, more than $20 off the low and uh, just a bit more than $10 short of the all-time high we marked uh, last September. So mixed start for the cattle, just a bit lower here to start the week on the hogs, but that does extend to correction that's been you know, seven or eight out of the last nine days going. We know that based on how the economy is going, that generally tends to be on uh, the deciding factor on whether or not people are buying amounts of protein at the grocery store. Joe, how does the consumer index data that we received this morning kind of uh, line up with what we might see in that regard? Right. Good to circle back to that because we are going to watch here at the open and throughout the rest of the week and going forward uh, this general macro picture type of uh, consumer sentiment and what it means for uh, these grain and livestock markets. But yeah, we can tie it directly to consumer purchases of meat. And, you know, so far to this point, we haven't been all that worried that consumers holding relatively strong despite what had been long a call for recession and for a weaker than what we've been getting, at least, types of jobs data. Uh, But You know, we're generally positive, even with this hotter inflation report, I think we look ahead and and talk about eventually interest rates declining and having a a so-called soft landing for the economy after these several years of high inflation and and weakening gross domestic product. But yeah, the consumer hasn't really turned away from uh, meat at these higher prices, and that's a, a, a positive thing for the market going forward. We still look at box beef prices that are, you know, some 10% to to 12% choice or select above their year ago values. And we're still seeing really solid demand uh, overall at the grocery store. Same could be said for uh, pork as a whole. Uh, We'll we'll see going forward if uh, anything changes. And again, this morning, we could get a little bit of that negativity uh, caused by this, this CPI report in a lower stock market. But We'll see if we can't also work out, work through that and continue to march higher for the cattle and then continue back into what is seasonally a normally higher trend for the uh, hog market here these next few months. Joe Camp of Comstock, our guest here on Tuesday. Joe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information? Yeah, our website, Comstock.com, has got access to all of our reports and our contact info as well. Lots of great resources from the team at Comstock. Joe, thanks so much for the time here today. Appreciate it as always. Have a good week. Yeah, thanks. Talk to you next time. That was Joe Camp with Comstock. It is time now for a check of the numbers. March corn up three quarters of a cent at 431 and a quarter. March soybeans up a quarter of a cent at 1192 and a quarter. March soybean meal down $2.70 at 3.46.20. March soybean oil up 55 cents at 47.45. Chicago wheat down one and a quarter at 5.96 and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat down four and a quarter at 6.78 and a quarter. Kansas City hard red wheat down four and a quarter at 5.94 and a half. March oats up one and a quarter at 3.79 and a half. 
on the Merck February live cattle down 42 cents at 183.82. March feeder cattle down 80 cents at 248.02. April lean hogs up 42 cents at 81.55. April pork cutout unchanged at 88.12. And class three milk unchanged at 16.21. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.